Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Well, imagine my surprise when I walked into the South Point. I saw an Italian guy with cowboy boots and spurs and this sweet hat. So I walked up and I said, oh, my gosh, Michael's here. And the guy turned around. It wasn't Michael. But uh, we do have the cowboys right behind us. Maybe you can see as they walk by with the big hats on. And we shall see. Well, I saw one guy just look like he was a caddy. <laughs> he had like one of those caddy jackets on. <laughs> this is another world, man. Like I almost oh. got ran over hey, by. You a... could be, yeah. You could be a novelist and just sit out there and just observe people and have enough material for a, a hell of a book. Just watching them, <laughs> I mean, you know. We got to get some Wranglers. We got to we got to do this show right one day when we turn into cowboys. <laughs> hey, by the way, I hope I'm not stepping on anything here, but I did hear you speaking with Matt. And is it true yeah. that we're something special is about to happen today? Yeah, something special has happened. And my daughter-in-law, Michelle, is in the hospital right now getting ready to give birth to the baby girl, Sienna Lynn Lombardi. So hopefully within the next half hour, we'll find out how everything goes with mama and baby. Of course, Mick scrubbed up. He's all in there. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's in there. You know, that's the thing now. Everybody's got to go in there. I mean, I was in there, but I never looked because I was scared to death of blood. So, I mean, I was there, but I wasn't really there. I was there for the good times, enjoyed it, but I'm a little squeamish. But my man's in there. He's fully engaged. I should say, this is the Lombardi line. Of course, that is Michael Lombardi. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. So I, my question for you is, uh, do we go under center? I don't want to go under center if I'm ever lucky enough to be in that situation. Do you understand what I mean by under center? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, I did not. I, I, I did not. I was under center. I didn't look. 
uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was afraid I was going to fall. I was afraid I was going to faint. I actually was afraid I was going to. I'm not good with blood. I'm not good with that. Like when, like you know, I like when they have scenes in movies where you know a guy's going to cut off somebody's hand or do like I have to turn away. I don't like. I'm not good with that. I, I know, I know what I, I know my weaknesses, Patrick. I'm, I'm willing to admit it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell homegirl, I'll be the head coach, meaning I'll be standing by your head <laughs> and I'll be cheering for whatever's happening down yonder because that all yeah. makes me feel weird. It's beautiful, it's amazing, but it's just, it's intense. It's, it's intense, spectacular. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, I understand. I get you. Well, I congratulations you. to you and your family. That's wonderful news. No, we are excited. Yeah, that's excited for Millie to be a grandmother. Uh, this is the first girl in our family, ever, first one. You know, we've had daughter-in-laws, but this is the first legitimate granddaughter. So it's it's going to be a the girl will be a princess. There's no doubt. Oh my goodness! And think about how cl how closely she's being born to Christmas. So her her life yeah. is going to be the Dece the month of December is going to be wild for her growing up, huh? Well, she's going to have to. Bill's daughter is born in December too, and that's her reserved for her month. So. There's a lot of partying going on, I can promise you that. I don't think she's going to grow it's up. It's the celebration month. Yeah, no, it is. It's incredible. And again, congratulations. I don't think she's going to grow up a Taysom Hill fan. Um, I actually, you know, I actually, I had this conversation with Mr. Berman this morning here in the office. And I, I, I don't think it was as bad as it appeared. I really don't. I know the fourth quarter was bad. I get that. The interception to the defensive lineman was horrible. He underthrew the through, throw to Diggs. He made mistakes, don't get me wrong. But he added some value to that team. He really did. And if you're Sean Payton, you got to have to figure out who this guy is and what he can do. And without, very, without, without that offensive line in front of him, you know, I thought they hung in there as well as they could. They made it hard for him. They really did. I don't think it was that. I, listen, it just it, it does seem to be somebody trying to play quarterback, and you can see a lot of his throws are short, but he's fun to watch, and he adds an element. See, there there's a reason that the, he gave him the extension, Peyton, because to bring him in as a off balance is he's very valuable in that way. There's some things he does that are very cool. Oh, his running, his running the ball. I mean, he's I was tough, watching man. last last night. I was watching the story of Auburn's national championship team, 1957, when they won the national championship. And they had a player on the team from Chattanooga who had, uh, had, uh, was allegedly, 30 years later, uh, allegedly murdered someone. And so this is the whole story wrapped around the 50th. But watching the clips of the offense of Auburn in that split T backfield with the, with the multiple looks and the quarterback, I think we're getting closer to that. I really do, Patrick. I think there's some huge value in that, in the way the single wing operates, and the way Taysom Hill could do some of that stuff. Yes. I mean, last night he ran a, he ran a one-back sweep to the weak side that was magnificently designed, and it was so reminiscent of the Clark Shaughnessy offense that I'm thinking, you know, we are going back to the future. We really are. And I think if Sean gets engaged more and more into this, it can really help him. Now, do I think he's a pure passer? Probably not. He's going to need some. He's going to need Kamara around him. There's no denying that. But I thought the way that they played, you know, defensively, they hung in there. They gave up the toss crack for the long run. I mean, Dallas did not look in sync at all. And once again, my man Kellen Morris looking at his play sheet. Does he realize his opponent wasn't the clock? Wasn't the wasn't the Saints? It was the clock. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, you're right. I, listen, I, it wasn't a great performance from the Cowboys. We can talk about their defense. A 27-17 winner, Michael. They do cash the six and a half. It stays under the 45, so that's five straight unders in prime time. He's got so many weapons offensive. This, this game shouldn't be based on just personnel and what the Saints were dealing with. I don't care about McCarthy not being there. This, this game shouldn't have been this tight. No, it shouldn't have been. But when you're two for 13 on third down, it's going to be tight. That's right. And I think this, as, as betters, and as football fans, when you see a team struggling to run the football, really struggling, then that tells you the coach who's calling the plays, who's designing the plays, didn't spend enough time on how to figure out how to run the ball. Walsh used to say this all the time. Anybody can draw pass plays. They're easy. Designing the run game that's going to work is a hard thing to do. Giving your players the ability to have angles on blocks is very challenging. And when I watched this, when I watched the Cowboys last night, it wasn't until the third quarter they ran toss crack. And really, the toss crack play kind of was perfectly designed. It was executed, and I thought the Saints just really miss, went up the field too far on it, and it gave Pollard that the only thing he needed was one quick crack, and he was off to the races. So to me, that's where I get disappointed. Like, I want to back Dallas. But I'm worried in some of these games against really good coaches like Dennis Allen, they're not going to be able to have the offensive output that they need to have. Yeah, the Cowboys struck first. And you started to see, as you mentioned yesterday in the show, you know, Cooper back, Lamb obviously back, and then Gallup with the touchdown. There's, they have so much talent offensively. And then the, the burst from Pollard on the 56-yarder where he showed, which we've been talking about, that, that crazy speed that he has. They have so much talent offensively. You just feel like there should be more. There should be more. There should be. You, you, you want more from them. You, you want to say, look, if they're going to take away our run, we're going to be able to. But their execution on third down was horrible. I mean, it was really not very good. It wasn't designed well. You know, they're 2 for 13. They're 0 for 1 on fourth down. I mean, they only averaged, you know, 5.8 yards of play. The Saints actually outgained them per play. So they've got to fix some things. And I think they've got to get, they're get healthy a little bit offensively. I think C.D. Lamb is sensational, right? I think C.D. Lamb is absolutely – I mean, the two third downs they converted, Amari Cooper's big 41-yard gain, and then that C.D. Lamb where he threw the ball against like it was a slant yeah. and the ball was there. I mean, that's those are the those are amazing plays, but that's all they had on third down. Yeah. What do you let's, – let's try to think about this as a better because, again, you can take the performance, you can take the cover if you back the Cowboys, but you're not feeling good moving forward. What would you do differently – with those weapons? Well, I, I would, you know, I think you've got to figure out a way to where you can really run the football more effectively with Zeke. You, I mean, I know he's hurt, and maybe this rest will help him a little bit, but there's no reason why you should ever have a light box. You should always have the ability to run the ball against the light box. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you've got to be able to get more out of third down with some of the weapons that you have. And I think that as time has gone on over the season, I think we've seen since the since the Patriot game, right? Since the Patriot game, Dallas hasn't been as explosive offensively as we thought they would. Now, you know, the Atlanta game, does that really count? I mean, a lot of that was turnovers. But, you know, when we're seeing them, you know, last week against the Raiders, they, they moved the football. But really, since that game, since New England, where they put 567 up on the board, they haven't been as dynamic as you want them to be. This was only the second game, Patrick, the second game in the last six games that they rushed for over 100 yards. Say that again? 
It's only the second game in the last six that they've rushed for over 100 that's yards. Just, Since they, that, should not, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't that's be. what shouldn't happen. And I'm not saying they need to run the ball. Uh, they need to throw the They have such great weapons they need to throw the ball. But what happens is is they, they get into these ruts, and especially on third down. I mean, as good as they are, take a guess where they rank in the National Football League on third down conversions. Middle of the pack? Exactly right, 15th. And they shouldn't rank be. 13th in red zone. It shouldn't be. They're too talented to not be better in those areas. And if you're Mike McCarthy, those to me are the two areas that I'm going to spend most of my practice time going through the rest of the season focusing on. Improving third down and getting better in the red zone. The curse pick was ridiculous, but at that point, the Saints are right in the mix. This is, you're not, if you're a Cowboys backer, you're not feeling good. If you're a Cowboys fan, and then we can talk about backing them as far as money-wise as a better. But that was, you know, this, the Watkins pick six slammed the door, but there was still you know, three minutes to go, down 10. It wasn't out of, it, it, they were in it. They were in it. They were in it the whole game. I never felt like, I, I never felt like, Dallas had complete control of the game because Dallas couldn't stay on the field with third downs. I mean, think about it. How many three and outs did they have? One, two, three, four, six. They had seven three and outs in the game. 50% of their offense were three and outs. That's That's gross. not control of the game. No, it isn't. Okay. It's a big day. And the Saints' first possession in the second half when they settled for that field goal. That was a dagger. I wrote that down uh, as, as just a note. I, again, it, it was fun to watch. You can count up he the is fun. He's, he's very the four, good athlete. The, the three interceptions like, in the fourth quarter are not fun to watch, but he was fun to watch, no he doubt. Was, he was hopping players like Carl Lewis. <laughs> Big news for the Lombardi family today. Big news for the Giants. Breaking news. We'll come back and let you know what it is coming up here. Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my game. game. <laughs> <laughs> 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, football season is here, Matt Santos. Go to King of Sportsbooks, BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com. So here's what I will tell you. As far as the interface, and that's very important when in-game betting, BetMGM's the best. So check it out. And then if you're in town, bring your status sheet ID to a MGM property and you'll be ready to bet within minutes. If you have a gambling problem, it's one 800 522 4700. All right, good vibes today as the lo- Now, will you get a notice from the family if the birth happens during the show? Like what's the trajectory? Oh, what's the timeline I, here? I better get it. I, I yeah, we're yeah, all That would be weird if they didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're all on pins and needles here, you know? I mean, so yes, hopefully we are all we're all plugged in. It's the power of uh, where we are with this communication and the and the technology. So yes, I expect fully I don't have to wait for the phone to ring. I, I expect to know. And this is daughter-in-law. Are they in a hospital up in New England? In Boston, okay. yeah, up down in gotcha. Mass General up there. So, yeah, we're just – and coach, coach of the year, Mick, he's right in there, scrubbed up. He's got his, he's got his you know, his, uh, his surgical outfit ready to go. I mean, the Patriots are going to – you know, they're going to miss him today at practice. Well, the Dominic will just step in. Yeah, Dominic, Dominic probably in. is taking over. <laughs> Dominic will take I joked over with team. somebody. I said they, they wrote an article about Dominic and included Mick in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At the Boston Globe. Uh, the, He's already stealing the show. He, he, he is. He's a good, a good little trajectory for him. Okay, so Daniel Jones, we, we said yesterday it was 50-50. We can officially report he is out uh, this Sunday. So let's get into this, Michael, as Mike Glennon, your boy. This, talk, talk about a career. My goodness. Uh, that, Mike line went, that line zipped right up the six. It's four in the contest. It zipped right up and the six. And that really is important to note because what does that say? As much as we disrespect and, and Daniel Jones perception-wise, it's disrespected. The number indicates that there's some respect for him, right? Right. I mean, everybody had Glennon in there. The board had Glennon in there earlier in the week, and then Judge kind of messed everybody right. up saying, we haven't ruled him out. But yet he was always ruled out. When they signed, when they took Jake Fromm off the Buffalo practice squad, you knew they were doing, there's something was wrong with Daniel Jones. I mean, every move has, a, has an origin to the move, right? So you knew what they were doing. And I think Circa would have had put it, put, you know, the line when they came out Thursday afternoon was four. You know, in the contest, I would suspect there'll be a lot of, lot of Miami, a lot of, a lot of Miami picks because you're picking up two points. What do you think the homecoming will be like with Glennon going back to Miami? I would imagine the place is going to be packed. I, I mean, here's the problem with Glennon: he doesn't have great movement, 
And this is a blitz zero team that's going to take advantage of a bad offensive line. And so to me, this has got a lot of problems to it. You know, the, the Miami has played much better defensively. You have to prepare for blitz zero. I don't know, had, had Coach Garrett still been there, it would have been even a worse problem. I don't know how much they could have fixed their protection schemes over the last two weeks since Coach Garrett's departure. But this is a hard game, a hard game for, for the Giants offense to get going. Now, the reason the number is so low, it's 40 and a half on the, on the total. Yep. 40 and a half on the total. I mean, so this is a this has got to be a 17, 13, 10. The Giants have any chance. They've got to slow the pace of the game down, and they're going to have to win it with their defense. They're going to have to create some turnovers from Tua. They're going to have to create some field positions. 4-0-1 ATS, their last five for the Giants. And to your point, they did just what you asked of them. They won by their defense last week against Hertz in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, and that's what they did. I mean, and and really, when you go back and watch the tape, it was, I don't know when you watch the tape if it was the Giants playing great defense or if it was just Hurts can't read recovered. I mean, because he had guys open. He just didn't throw the ball to them. You know, now he was throwing down the field, and they did a good job of containing Hurts in the pocket. They did a really good job of rushing him. You know, I think that there was not enough attention is paid to that, especially like last night when we were watching that game. You know, after Taysom Hill scrambled for the first first down, you know, Dan Quinn then went into full. He went into full, you know, we're going to layer the rush now mode and we're going to have a Parsons always kind of spy him because we can't allow this guy to continue to get first downs on us. So one and seven star for the Dolphins, four straight wins have helped them kind of alleviate some of the pressure that may have been, I don't know if there was pressure on Flores, but certainly expectations coming into the year, Michael. And, you know, we crushed to a, the team scores, the team moves the ball more efficiently when he's in there. That's what we can say. They, they do play better when he's in there. There's no doubt. I mean, he at least gives them some juice. I mean, he's able to, you know, throw the ball and the skilled players, I think more than ever, their skill players have been really come through, and this is what they wanted. I mean, this is why they drafted the guys they drafted, because they wanted those skill players to make plays with the ball in their hands. They knew it's all going to be yards after the catch, and that's what it has been. I mean, you know, whether it's been whether it's been Waddle, whether it's been you know whomever, whoever they have out there. They haven't even had Parker out there, you know, but they've been getting plays with yards after the catch, which has been critical. And and I think that's a tribute to what they've done off. They know who Tua is. So they've devised this short passing game. And if you don't disrupt them, if you don't jam the receivers, if you don't make it hard for them to get into the routes, they will be able to make plays. And, it, and it's a Giants defense that snuck up on everybody last year. Then maybe it felt like a bit of a letdown. But they're still pretty – they're sneaky good this year. As far as weighted DVOA, they're ninth. It's not like they're falling apart this year. No, and look, Miami's offensive line is still problematic. I mean, they still have a hard time protecting. So this is going to be a hard game. They don't really run the football effectively. I mean, they really haven't been able to run the ball effectively. Where they make, where they have done a great job is they've been able to get the ball to their receivers. I mean, Waddles had 103 targets this year. He's had 77 catches. The problem is he only averages 9.9 yards a catch. Another indication of what Tua, he wants to throw the ball short. He mm -hmm. wants to throw it short. And until they start to extend it down, they have to put too many plays together where their offensive line has a tendency to break down. This is what falters their offense. I mean, this is what gives them the most problems. And so I think when you look at it, but they've done a good job of managing the situation. Defensively, I think they have definitely improved over the course 
let's say, going back to when they lost in Buffalo? I don't think I'd be afraid of that under 40 and a half either, frankly, because I don't think I would. Four or five of the Unless Dolphins gets, have cash to the under. You gotta and, be, but you, you play it out in your head, though, Patrick. you got to be concerned with Glennon turning the ball over. You know, you got to be worried about him making a mistake. The ball comes out. Bad offensive sack. line. You, you know, strip sack. He can't really move. I mean, it's not like he can buy a second look. It's a hard game. I mean, I mean, show me a tape where he actually has played well. I mean, I think last year in Jacksonville there was a game that he – but he still turned the ball over in that game. And Dolphins closed 40, 40 and a half or 41 and a half last week. And what put him over the, the total cash to the over? I think it's finished 43. What was it? A special teams. It was a block punt for a touchdown. So yeah. you're starting to get those from the Dolphins, which we saw last year, some of those special teams plays. <laughs> And, and, and here's what you're also getting from them. The, is you're getting turnovers, right? So basically the last four weeks, they have turned the ball over by their opponent 10 times. 10 times. So that's what they were doing last year. They were really they were taking advantage of turnovers, and they've done that this year. I mean, but remember, now this win streak started with a win burly against the Houston Texans. I mean, it was a, that was a hard-fought 17-9 game. They turned it over five times. Houston turned it over four. So, you know, and then they come back and they beat Baltimore fairly. And the Jets, they were able to, to squeeze that one out, beat the Jets by a touchdown. Well, just eventually when he, when he retires, we'll have to have the conversation. Was it Mike Glennon or Sean Glennon? Because both were very good. One NC State, one Virginia Tech. You can, you can mix them up. But both were very good in college. And frankly, I, listen, Mike Glennon got paid by the Dolphins and by the Bears. Didn't he? And the Bears. And look, and, and Mike Dolph, Mike Glennon is the guy that moved Russell Wilson to Wisconsin. <laughs> That's right. I mean, That's right. I mean he's State. the guy that moved. He's the reason why Russell Wilson transferred That's to Wisconsin incredible. before we had the portal. This is even before we had the portal. Six degrees of Glennon. I was wondering. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. While uh, there's exciting news in the Lombardi family, I was wondering if you were going to do the show like Brian Kelly in a southern accent today. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Does he have a southern accent now? Did you not I see the clip? He, it, My man no, posted up at the basketball game, and all of a sudden, he sounded like he was straight He's from y'all? Alabama. He, he was like, me and my family, yeah. we're excited to be here. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what are I you trying you to appropriate? I bet you he spent a little time with – I bet he called Carl Johnson and got the dialect down. He probably had a dialect coach come in. Carl probably helped him out with that, I would suspect, you so, know? Somebody that covers the, the, the uh, Notre Dame team said, when it's 70 degrees and sunny out, he's always in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, hey, he can coach though, oh because what he did is he he turned that Cincinnati gig into the Notre Dame gig. And you know what he did on the way out? He goes, listen, I never expected to be the all time winningest coach at Notre Dame, like patting himself on the back on the way out. Yeah. It is, I, yeah, I have not I mean, seen. I, and I know we're getting back to the NFL. We have not seen a carousel like this in college in a long time. I mean, Virginia opened up. Bronco Mendenhall just decided to pack it in. I didn't you know? see that. I mean, that's a good job, Virginia. Bron- Bron- Bronco Mendenhall. I was Mendenhall shocked when he went there because he's a Mormon, and he actually did a good job. Because remember, that program he did was a in great dire job needs. There. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting see to see who they go to. A lot of ACC jobs open, and the University of Miami is still talking about being open. Your boy Manny, Manny Diaz, is I don't he on know the way what's out? Gonna, my, I, well, it depends. I think on Mario. I think. I think once this game's played, Oregon-Utah, we'll have clarification in Miami. Okay, we got our buddy Wes coming up in just a bit. Another miss for the Lions. We'll get into that game. And also, championship weekend starts tonight in college football. Lombardi Line here on a Friday. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Matt Santos, it's time, and it's our VSEN holiday offer. 99 bucks, midseason football special. So, again, you get everything we offer, including point spread weekly, and then the picks sent to your email inbox, and then 20 bucks in credit at the VSEN store. So, we're going to give you 20 bucks off just to spend on T-shirts, hats, anything you want. But you got to hurry. It's limited. VSEN.com slash subscribe. It's VSEN.com slash subscribe. Okay. Uh, we got you back here. Hope you're doing well on this Friday. I'm Patrick Maher, of course. He is Michael Lombardi. We, I, John Goulet, who runs the channel here, he was just walking out. We were talking. We've never seen the carousel like this in college. And somebody, like, for example, you love Billy Napier. But as far as a name, it's a lesser name to go to Florida. I think he's going to be great there. That's going to happen at, Georgia, at Oklahoma, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a name, but it's not going to be one of those. Because there's so many jobs opening and closing right now. Well, yeah, who's going to take them all? Like, who's going to get the Virginia job? You know, it's like how good, you know, who's going to get the Oklahoma? Is Brett Venables going to get that? Or is Matt Campbell going to leave Iowa State? And who gets Iowa State? There yeah. has to be some of these assistants have got to try to take a job and move up and uh, and see where it gives. Who gets the Louisiana job? You know, Billy Napier left. That's job. a really good job. That's a good job. I had no clue. You know, Honestly, so. the Mendenhall, that news cycle slipped me. He announced it last night, you know, and he said that he, he had, the president didn't want him to leave, nor did the athletic director, but he needs to kind of recalibrate his life and reconnect. And so he had an emotional, emotional conversation on Twitter. I, I listened to it, and, you know, I love – I think the Virginia program can be dynamic. It's not an easy school to get into, but they have the ability to recruit on a national level – they have the Tidewater Basin, which is really fertile with, with really good football players. So, you know, that should be and it will be a good good program. I think that's going to be a critical hire for the university. Dip into the DMV. I mean, there's it's fertile ground. Yeah, no doubt. You so know? really, I think it's a great job. Yeah. Okay. So we'll keep you updated if we hear anything as far as these openings yeah the Oklahoma is going to be fast you know what we talked about leverage with a ball and Mel Tucker uh, you know Kingsbury right now is is talking to Aaron, like leverage like wow. well Norman does it's it is a beautiful area of the country he'll you know and use that and yeah, flip it into I, a big I mean, contract he, he's going to get an extension I mean the Cardinals they, they've gone all in on this right they have to there, there's no way they can't just make this kind of seamless and, it, and look it's the market rate you've got to pay it that's what it is and if you get a good coach, I think now more than ever, if you have a guy you like, you better get him signed to an extension because you can't fill the sentence. If we if we fire this guy, who's replacing him? There's not a lot of candidates out there. You think Kellen Moore is – I mean, I know Tony Romo thinks he's a head coaching candidate, but I don't see it. I see him a play caller. If you want a play caller, go ahead. You think he's a head coaching candidate? You think your team's going to have great toughness? You think you're going to manage the clock correctly? I, I, I don't. It's going to take a while. Another name – that I don't hear and I thought we would is coaching with your son down in Carolina, Joe Brady. You know, Brady's name hasn't really been brought up and he was the young, one of the young hot assistants when they won the championship, maybe just a little more seasoning. Yeah. I think, I think too, the fact that there hasn't been that electric light go off on the Oakland Carolina's offense. Like we saw that light go off on in, uh, like we saw it go off in, in LSU when he had Joe Burrow, you know, but I'm Let's go back to really, let's go back to, uh, Joe Burrow, let's go back to what wins the Southeast Conference. And I think it really comes down to you've got to have great quarterback play. 
And, you know, for all the people that think Alabama has no chance, you know, they, Bryce Young has played really well. And this will be his moment to really see if he can play against a stellar defense that, you know, that is challenging that they have to block. That's going to be the critical component. Can they block them? Most assume the 98-yard touchdown drive wrapped up the Heisman for Bryce Young. Would you agree with that? Uh, you know, I, I think so because the C.J. Stroud didn't, you know, they didn't win that game there. So I think everything is predicated on what your record is and where you're going. I would say Bryce Young has to be the, probably the number one leader in the clubhouse at this point. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's, if you want, we could take a look at that number. This it's funny because it, obviously Georgia, the best team in the country, they're 12 and 0, they're eight and four ATS. Here comes Bama 11 and one, six and six. What's fascinating about this is, you know, they split the tickets, but you got to think Georgia is going to be that, th that fan base is going to be nuts there in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, look, this game is, there's one stat that jumps out to you that you really have to pay close attention to in this game. And, and it's really, it's really, and they're playing the same level of comp. So the stats are so are comparable. The Georgia defense, it takes 36.26 yards to gain a point. The Alabama defense takes 15.91 yards to gain a point. That's remarkable. Hmm. That's remarkable. Now, Alabama defensively, at, they hold their opponent to less yards per attempt than Georgia does. Think about that. Alabama's at 2.41. Georgia's at 2.49. Hmm. But this Georgia defense, their ability to keep people out of the end zone. But I think this will be the best quarterback that they have faced all year. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. Wow, I didn't realize statistically on defense. It's, it's weird. It's, it does – you know, aesthetically or visually when you're watching, there is a dominance of Georgia you don't feel with Bama. But, you know, we've been talking about this for every Saturday here on the Lombardi line, and you look up, and they're top 10 in every category defensively, Alabama. Right. It's like an off year is them being eight somewhere. Yeah, no, and, and I think, look, they're so good offensively. I mean, they are, when you break them down, their relative scoring defense is 14th in the nation. Their total defense, Alabama, is 7th in the nation. They're just not as dominant as we're used to seeing them. You know, where they're just not as dominant as we're used to seeing them. And I think where they really get into the most trouble, Patrick, is they're really not very good in the kicking game. I mean, that's where they show the most vulnerability. They're 123rd in net punting. They're, 100, they're 49th in punt returns. And, you know, their defense in terms of their punt return defense, they're 47th overall. That's not good enough. And I think in a game against a great defense, field position matters so much. Short yardage and field position determine the games. And I think that's where Georgia gains the advantage. I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be tough sledding for Alabama, but they can throw the football. And when you can throw the football effectively, quickly, and get it out, you can neutralize a rush. See that number, Michael, is six and a half Georgia Lane at, there in Atlanta. The total is 49 and a half. I do see a seven offshore. So and let me just take a look at the juice, the vigorous here to see if we're headed that way. Most books are 110. I do see 115 over at the Westgate. So we shall see. It, it's like you said, it's it, it's an offense in Georgia that probably is a little disrespected because they're still averaging, what, 40 points a game. It's just Alabama right now, 42.7, for a snap. And you take a look, Georgia's defense allowing under seven points a game and 3.7 yards a snap. I mean, it's been pretty awesome. 
It's amazing, right? But I think we, there's 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 thirteen thousand tick, tickets relatively for this game so far, and majority of the money, eighty three percent of the money is on is on Georgia, and yet that line's not moved. They will not go to seven because I know they believe if they go to seven, the Alabama buyback comes in. You know, it's a very similar to the Michigan Ohio State game. You know, we saw that line didn't really want to tick very much. I think you can see the parallels here. It's interesting, Patrick. This is this is going to be, and I told this to Matt Santos, and we can get into it later. But this week is is going to either be a great week for the book, or a miserable week for the book because there is so many, particularly in the NFL, one-sided bets. So many of them. I got the text as well, Matt forwarded. So here's what I want to do. We're going to do at the top of the hour. Can't go for that. Then right after that, I want to highlight what you're discussing. And maybe you can elaborate a little bit right now to tease. There's so many one-sided bets. And when we're talking one-sided, it is absolutely like we haven't it's seen staggering. one-sided this way. I have never seen it. You know, I, and I've been looking at this board for three years and I've never seen this many of the bets that have been so one-sided. And I've never seen games, few games, where there's actually two-sided betting. It really where, is. Where you, you know, it's remarkable. It's true. And here it is Friday. It's really remarkable how, how it is. So it's a great conversation piece as, as you always want to be on the side of the book, not the public. And just to wrap up, Kirby Smart, so he's 0-3 against Bama since he arrived there at Georgia. That includes the 35-28 defeat SEC title game and then the 26-23 loss in the national championship game. So, And I don't think – when's the last time Bama's been a dog? <laughs> Let me just see I think if they I go back to 16. Notes. I read that somewhere. It was 2016, I believe. 2015. Last time they were a yep. dog was 2015 when they played Georgia. Yep. And Alabama went on to win 38-10. So <laughs> yep. this is it, – it's about as you exciting know, as it Nick, gets. Nick doesn't get any credit because he's won so much that, you know, it's just he's assumed. But this is where the great coaches kind of have to take over and how you manage this game, how he plays the game, field position, and what he's telling the staff. I'm not sure there's a better job in college football than Georgia. If you just throw a fence up around that state and and you can dip into Florida a little Mm. bit, I'm not sure. It's a big-time job, Michael. And Kirby's Great done job. a good job. He's Tremendous. done a hell of a job recruiting as well. But to not have an elite quarterback, there's something there. The walk-on and Stetson. I can never get his name right. Stetson Bennett. He'll be looking to break out on a big stage. Coming up next, a big stage. Wes Reynolds joins us here on the Lombardi Line. It's Beeston, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, become a weekend warrior. BetMGM King of the Weekends. Free to play challenge where you can win up to $50,000. So, for correctly picking the highest scoring pro football teams during the weekend. So, all you have to do is log into your account over at BetMGM, find the King of the Weekend contest in your promotion sections. And then, when you do, pick the six teams you think are going to score the most points from the selected games. $1,000 will go to the top entry each week. If you guess all six right in order, you could win up to $50,000. Okay, and if you guess. There's also other prizes thrown out there. Doing a great job with this one. BetMGM, King of the Weekend. Download the BetMGM app. If you have an issue, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi there eagerly awaiting big news from New England. I'm Patrick <laughs> Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. We're going to welcome in VEASAN host Wes Reynolds. Of course, Green Zone, uh, Long Shots, Betting Across America does a great job. What I'm – and I – I'm going to throw a little curveball here, Wes, as we say hi. I know you don't have an official play, but you'll have a thought. Hilltoppers and the Roadrunners at the Alamo Dome. So this has been the big conversation in betting circles, of course, because you've got the 11-1 and UTSA Roadrunners and 8-4 and Hilltoppers. This zappy kid's going to be a pro, even though I think he's like 23 years old. Um, the, the movement, slight open as a favorite for UTSA. We're all the way through three at three and a half. Is it going the right way, Wes? Yeah, Patrick, uh, I'm not surprised that we have seen the movement to the Hilltopper side because simply you look, it's the old bubble burst theory because UTSA going into last week was undefeated. They get absolutely rolled at North Texas. So now that dream is gone. They cannot have an undefeated season. But 
I think we are getting to a point where maybe some resistance is going to come on UTSA at three and a half because this game is being played in, in their stadium. It gets kind of loud there, and a lot of teams that have played the Roadrunners in San Antonio have said, you know, it gets kind of loud, and we get a lot of penalties, and we get a lot of false starts and whatnot. And especially with the Western Kentucky team that runs that air raid that that offensive coordinator brought in from Houston Baptist and FCS, they're one of the fastest-tempo teams in the country, and they are throw, throw, throw. And you talk about Zappy, I absolutely think he at least is going to get a look in the NFL. But they run a fast-paced tempo. They throw it all over the yard. They played two Big Ten teams, so they played – higher level competition in the non-conference. But I think now that it's getting a three and a half, you may want to take a shot with UCSA. And Jeff Trailer, who came up through the Texas high school coaching ranks, won a couple state championships, has just got to refocus his guys and say, hey, fellas, we still got a conference championship on the line. Even though we can't go undefeated with those Conference USA bowl tie-ins, it doesn't really matter. You get sent to kind of a middle-tier bowl. It's not like they're in the mix for a New Year's Six as a non-Power Five or something like that. So now that we've reached that point, I think UTSA is worth a look. You know, it's funny about this game. If I were to say to anybody in America, who's the number one scoring offense or the number two scoring offense in all of football, nobody would have the answer. It's the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. If I were to say to somebody, who has the best passing game in all of foot college football? It's the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Now, I know they lost 52-46 to 46 when they played uh, Texas-San Antonio back in October. But, you know, Anton- San Antonio doesn't have great pass. They're 63rd overall in pass defense. This is going to be another shootout. I, I think it has a, all the earmarks of another shootout. And this offense is fun to watch. I can't wait to watch this game, Patrick. And to, to your point, Michael, just to follow up, these two teams played in week five. It was a shootout, 52-46. And where's the total? It's got to be in the 70s, right, Wes? Where's the total sitting right yeah. now? Yeah, it's up It's up there in the 70s for sure. It's actually 73 pretty much market-wide. You mentioned that first game, by the way. Western Kentucky was driving and Zappi got picked off in the end zone. So Western Kentucky almost won that first meeting outright. They were three-and-a-half-point underdogs in that game. Now they're three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I just thought that was an interesting line. Very, very interesting. And Helton, what a fascinating job there, and we'll move on. But a one-and-four start and then seven straight wins for Western Kentucky. And, Michael, they're beating teams by an average of 26. They must be reading the Daily Coach or something because when you start, when good. you fall off they're, that, they're, when you start that badly and then galvanize, that's pretty impressive. I, I mean, the last time they scored less than 40 was Florida International back in October 23rd. They only scored 34 points. What happened to them on that day? I mean, they put 31 against Michigan. I mean, you know, they lost a tight game to – to Indiana, you know, 33-31 early in the season, and then they lost a tight one. They lost by Army by three, Indiana by two, uh, and obviously they got beat by Michigan State soundly. But to me, they put points on the board. This is a fun offense. This will be a good game to watch tonight. It really is. Okay, Wes, we'll stick with college, and we'll switch to pro here. Tomorrow, Houston-Cincinnati. Of course, as we get to the conference championships, I, I got a ten. I got 10s on the board. I do see a couple of 10.5s. Which way are you going here? Yeah, I'm going mainly with the under, but I also like Cincinnati here in this spot. Look, all the pressure is on Cincinnati because I think now with all this battle of attrition, with all these teams losing, 
this is kind of a winning in spot for the Bearcats. I don't see them somehow getting it jammed, getting jammed at the end. I just think that there's not enough teams in front of them. So I don't think you're going to see necessarily maybe uh, the Big 12 champion leap above them. I know everybody's kind of waiting for that shoe to drop with Cincinnati to try to keep an excuse to keep them out of that top four. But I really like this game, especially to go to the under. These are two really good defenses. These are actually two teams that both rank top 10 nationally, not only in total defense, in rushing defense. Now, they also rank top 10 on the other side in scoring offense. But these offenses, if you look at this conference in the AAC, they played mostly middling teams. So it's not like they played an elite schedule, even though Cincinnati, I think, has played the better schedule, having to go on the road to Indiana and having to uh, go ahead and face Notre Dame. This defense, though, for Cincinnati has continued to be elite, despite the fact that Marcus Freeman, now the Notre Dame head coach, left to be the Notre Dame defensive coordinator. They're really stingy on the ground. They give up the third least passing yards allowed. I think it's 161.5 a game. Third nationally in scoring defense and red zone defense fourth for fourth down defense. But one of the reasons I do like the under, and I think you could split it first half in game, maybe go under 27, 27 and a half for the first half, then go under 53 for the game. You may have a little bit of, of nervous energy early for Cincinnati on offense because it's like, okay, here we go, fellas. This is the big game. This is what we work towards. So I can see nervous energy. And then I think on the Houston side, I think, if you look at that schedule, and look, credit to Dana Holgerson and his bunch for winning 11 in a row to go 11-1. and one. They have not played in a hostile environment all year. They've been playing teams where, you know, it's kind of like festival seating when you're playing at South Florida or you're playing, uh, you know, at Tulane. You're not playing against really full stadiums and hostile crowds. Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati is going to be sold out. It's going to be full and it's going to be loud and it's going to be noisy very early. You saw how it affected SMU a couple weeks ago. So favorite and under for me here. Yeah, you know, it's Notre Dame fans aren't going to want to hear this, but Cincinnati's defense has gotten better this year than they were last year. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a fact. I mean, nobody wants to talk about it, but, you know, and I know, you know, Marcus Freeman will maybe do a great job. I think it's really going to be a hard job for him at 35 years old taking over the Notre Dame job. That's going to be a challenge. But the reality of it is, is this Cincinnati defense has gotten better. They're 28th in the nation in relative passing defense. They're third in yards per play. They can, they, they, can, they can get after the passer, and they create some problems with their secondary. This is going to be a challenge for Houston, who's, you know, let's face it, Houston's weakness is their pass defense, and it's going to be Desmond Ryder's chance to show that he's a really good player. I'm, I'm excited to see him play in this game. And you just mentioned last year's D.C. at Cincinnati, the new Notre Dame head coach. Is there a better feeder program than Cincinnati for a head coach? No. You go back to D'Antonio, who's in the same breath now at Michigan State as George Perlis, as you know. And then who was it? Brian Kelly after and then Butch Jones. I mean, Wes, this is a big time feeder program, Cincinnati. It is, but at least they know they're keeping Luke Fickle for a little while longer because, uh, you know, Luke Fickle's had his chances. He's going to keep having chances. But, you know, this is becoming a, a really good program, and, and now he's going to see it through, and I think he's going to be in the playoffs. Do you have a suggestion for Oklahoma? Who would Wes Reynolds hire at Oklahoma? I, I mean, the logical one is Brent Venables, I think, because, look, He's arguably the highest-paid coordinator in football. He gets two and a half million at Clemson per year, but he's already won a couple national titles. He was part of that Bob Stoops staff there, and so 
I think Brett Venables, I, I mean, he's the one that makes the most logical sense, but a lot of the dominoes are kind of falling for this team, and I'm interested to see who the Sooners end up with. Do you agree with Venables, Michael, in 45 seconds here? I, do, I, I think if they could get Matt Campbell, that's who I would yeah, take. I, I think yeah. Venables is a really good – I mean, there's a reason he doesn't want to take a head coaching job. So maybe he feels like, hey, I'm better served to be a defensive coordinator. I do like the idea of taking somebody with a defensive background to give them some toughness in the as they go into the Southeast Conference. They're going to need that badly. And Venable's a connection to the program. I got like 15 more picks from West. If you want those, you're going to go to vston.com and sign up for what I just told you, that package. West, enjoy the so weekend. Much, Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Okay. Some Philadelphia soul next, Michael Lombardi. Can't go for that. No can Can't go do. For that. And then we'll get into those betting splits that you discussed as we continue along here on a Friday. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.